0: Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm so honored that you carved out some time today to spend some time with me and my guest by tuning into this episode. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to one of my old professors. So Dr. Rebecca Williams was a professor at the University of San Diego back in the day when I was working towards my master's, and it was really cool to see her name pop up in my inbox, and she was like, hey, I see you have this podcast now for therapists. I've written a few books. I've co-authored some books, and I'd love to share that experience with therapists, in what it looks like to publish a book as a therapist. And I'm super curious to learn more about that. I thought maybe some of you would too. So I invited her on, and you get to be a witness to that conversation today. Dr. Rebecca Williams is an award winning author and psychologist. For the past 25 years, her work has focused on building resilience and embracing well being across the lifespan. Dr. Williams has been an associate clinical professor of psychiatry at the University of California, San Diego. She has also been an adjunct faculty member at the University of San Diego, which is where her and I first met, and a program director at the VA San Diego Healthcare System. Along with another marriage and family therapist, Julie Kraft, Dr. Williams has co-authored two popular books that integrate mindfulness with healthy recovery from addiction, and today's episode is all about giving us a peek inside that process. I couldn't wait to learn more about this process with her, and uh, if you're tuning in, I'm guessing you can't wait either, so let's get to it. Hi there, and welcome back to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, educator, and mom to three, passionate about supporting other therapists in crafting a profitable and meaningful private practice. Our work can be isolating. As therapists, we aim to hold space for meaningful change, As modern-day therapists, we have an opportunity to hold more space for even greater change, but we don't have to sacrifice our values and wellness in the process. We can choose to define success for ourselves, and we don't have to do it alone, which is why I'm so glad you chose to witness the following conversation today. I'm so glad you're here. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Dr. Williams, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to chat with me today about this topic. It is really fun to be connecting after all these years. So, for the listeners, a little bit of background. You were actually my professor back in the day when I was (laughs) at the University of San Diego getting my master's. And, um, it's just, it's crazy. I got your email and I was like, okay, I know this name. And then I, I I read more. I'm like, I totally know her. She taught me. And it's just such a, such a cool thing to have that reconnection years later. I actually went on to become an adjunct professor at USD myself. And yeah, it's been a long time since, since we chatted. So I'm really excited to get a chance to connect with you again today.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And I remember you. Yes. I mean, I was there quite a few years and I, I probably taught about 320 students. And um, of all that group, you definitely stood out as a shining star. So I do remember our time together. Yeah. And I'm very proud of you, by the way. You're doing great.
0: Thank you. It's, 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 it's really, really sweet to like get that, to, I don't know, to have somebody who was there present in the very, really early stages of my career as a, you know, really young therapist and taking it all in and to kind of be more established now and to be able to connect back and, 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 and know that you knew me back then. And now we're, <laughs> we're getting a chance to chat in this capacity. It's just, it's very uh, surreal for me. So I was, I was really honored when you reached out and I'm honored that we're getting a chance to chat today and and to hear about this process of of writing a book as a therapist because I I get this question a lot from from clinicians I talk Mm -hmm. a lot um, to therapists about diversifying your income and being able to show up in the world in different ways right bringing our skill sets and our knowledge to folks, to our communities, to the world in different ways. It doesn't all have to be just behind closed doors in a therapy session. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about that. And a lot of folks have an interest in writing and I've never published a book or written a book. So getting a chance to chat with you because you've, you've done it, (laughs) you've been through it, um, feels, feels really cool to kind of get an insider's look into the process so I'd I'd love to hear just a little bit more for the listener about you. Uh, maybe you could share a little bit about yourself and just what your experience has been in the world of writing and publishing.
1: Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I'm a psychologist and I did teach at U University of San Diego for I think eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which was quite a long time to be an adjunct, I think. Um, yes. So I was really, really proud of that. And along with working at your old alma mater, I also um, was a VA psychologist for 23 years. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to me. And, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, exactly. And I'm, I was also a clinical professor teaching PhD students as well as the master's students. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really diverse. Of course, I had a private practice on the side. I mean, mm-hmm. come on um and i taught yoga because i'm a yogi that's that's the background for for that
0: yeah yeah so i i'm i'm really excited to kind of hear a little bit about your journey into writing and so did you did you always know that you wanted to write have you always loved writing cuz that's that's one thing i will say that sometimes gets in my way is I'm like the idea of staring at a blank cursor on a word document. And like, I know that I know things and I know that I, I love to talk about things, which is why I love being a therapist and why I love hosting a podcast. Um, But I've had, I've had, I've had folks reach out different from different parts of the publishing world. um, You know, interested in hearing if I was interested in writing a book and I've always Mm -hmm. kind of, about it the timing didn't seem right um, and I've shied away but there's, I know there's also this block of like just the idea of writing itself so I'd love to kind of hear about your desire to write and like the inspiration to write and then the energy to step into the process of writing and publishing
1: is it right. something,
0: something you always knew you wanted to do or, or what what brought you there
1: no, I think all writers have this sort of look at the blank screen with the cursor experience. You're not <laughs> the only one, and I certainly have it a lot. Um, so I, you know, when you write a dissertation in graduate school, it's, it's a huge undertaking. It's uh-huh. hundreds of pages, and it's a lot of pressure. And um, so that kind of turned me off in a way after graduate school. So I had to re-engage myself into writing again. And um, it, it took a while. In fact, it took working with a co-author to really get my um, mm. energy flowing in the right direction again. Because when you're a clinician, of course, as you know, as your listeners know, it's a full-time gig. Um, and so it takes a lot of energy um, to be a clinical clinical psychologist or, or a clinical therapist. So, you know, I, I um, really... Uh, wanted to write, the reason why I wanted to write these particular books, I've got two books. Um, One is called The Mindfulness Workbook for Addiction, and the other one is called The Gift of Recovery. And the reason why I chose this direction was because there was something missing in the literature. Every time I was seeing clinical uh, patients and clients, I I always thought, oh, I want to reach for my bookshelf and pick out a book for this person, Mm -hmm. but it's not there. Uh, I couldn't find it and I couldn't find it in the indexes of the books I did have. My idea was, and this is going back, you know, 15 years ago or more was there wasn't anything about loss and addiction in the books I was had on my bookshelf. And I really wanted to dive deep in that and and kind of figure it out and maybe add to the literature. So I would recommend for folks and for yourself um, to find out what's missing in the literature um, that, you know, Um, for you, it could be parenting or relationships, or some of your other listeners have other really great ideas, I'm sure. And start diving deeper into figuring out why this is missing, what's going on, and begin the process of outlining your ideas for the topic. That's kind of what I did, and and it it worked out really well. Um,
0: What I really appreciate of what you're sharing, a couple things. So one, I I think I'm still recovering from my dissertation like yes. it was it was years ago now. Um, but I, I think the the process of that was... Oh, I was so burnt out by the end. Um, I mean, it. I felt I was really proud of the research that I had done. I felt mm-hmm. really passionate about it. But the process of writing that out, of defending the dissertation, of then getting that research out and you know submitting it to journals and getting it published, it was. Oh my gosh! I mean, I think yeah, I think I definitely needed to recover from that. And actually. I didn't write a book, but I created a course, and I created that course with somebody, and I really do think that it was the energy that they brought, you know, because it was all similar topics related to postpartum, and I really needed their energy to, like, really help push me into creating a course around some of the things that I had done research around because I was just so burnt out from from the dissertation process. So I just, it's really validating to hear you share that because I I could definitely relate to that experience. And so for the listener who also maybe is feeling that after graduating, um, or after really putting so much of themselves into something, um, and just kind of needing a little bit of space, right. To like, Mm -hmm. let yourself find that create, create Creative energy again to feel that inspiration again to maybe get out in the world and just do the work for a bit, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and then find that that energy for writing again resumes. Um, I, I want them to know that
1: that they're not alone, right? Like both you and I experienced right. that, right. Um. right. And you may have to do something a little different. In other words, you may, like what I'm doing now is I'm reading poetry. I am Mm. reading novels. I don't just focus on self-help right now. I focus on everything else besides self-help books. And I really start getting creative again, because I want to work on another project after these these two books. Um, And so really for people to think about um, a little outside the box thinking, listen to podcasts by writers that you know, are not, I love psychology podcasts. Obviously, I love you. Uh, and we have to expand a little bit and say, oh, maybe um, the podcast, by I think Liz Gilbert has an older podcast. There's a lot of this. I think there's eight or nine new mm-hmm. podcasts from writers and just listening to how they process and how they um, get their um, energy backup is, was to me inc- incredibly inspiring and something that I do pretty much every day. Um,
0: oh yeah. Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic was mm-hmm. a game changer for me. I feel like mm-hmm. even in my career, and I've taken so many of her ideas um, and applied them in a variety of different ways. And so that's a, that's a great resource right there. And right. I, I also feel validated now in what you're sharing because it took me a while. And I think it was also just the season of life I was in. I graduated. Um, I had a I had two children at the time. I had a baby like while I was in school. And so that Mm -hmm. was just like craziness. And then I was just in the trenches of parenting young children. Um, I had another child and I wasn't even, I couldn't even read. Like there was no, like the idea of reading a self help book felt like (laughs) not at all what I wanted to do. Um, And I actually recently have been reading a lot of adult fantasy novels and like Mm -hmm. have totally become so much more invigorated like reinvigorated when it comes to just the process of like reading right and I kind of think that I needed to get back into reading before I could get into writing again you know and so exactly I I love that you're kind of this encouragement of like getting out of the sphere right especially when we've gotten a little burnt out from that sphere and that space um, and finding other creative
1: ways to find that energy again Um, absolutely Yeah. 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 And and in addition to what you mentioned about different ways of, you know, uh, adult fantasy or uh, also to actually um, take a class. I mean, I am actually still to this day taking two classes, one on how to write a book proposal and one on writing just doesn't have to be what I'm interested in, I mean, prompts for writing is very helpful. And I mm-hmm. I do that every morning. Um, so just doing little bits and pieces to get yourself back, your toe back in the water is, is it's also fun. Hopefully it's fun. Um, yeah. 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 And then once you get that idea um, that you've been thinking about and you want to move to the next level, um, go and find the books on your bookshelf that you love and look the authors are um so for me it was new harbinger which is a huge publisher of self-help books but there's a ton of there's a ton of publishers out there um you can even google what are the top publishers in the in the arena that you are interested in and just see what comes up and then start your deep dive it takes a little research start your deep dive and Um, go on the sites of the publishers and actually scroll down to the bottom of the screen and it says publish with us. And you're going like, what, me? Uh, No way. Uh, So they're talking directly to me. Um, But click on that publish with us. I give you permission to do that um, and actually open it up and see what the publishers are asking for of you. And so usually it's, um, the book proposal is actually you know, um, a table of contents, naturally three chapters, um, and a market review of what your competition is. So if those are the three bullet point things of how to begin the process, once you, um, are ready to go to the next step.
0: Yeah. I think, okay, this is so helpful, like the, the logistics and these steps. Cause so it can feel like just such a unknown, right? Unknown world mm-hmm. for us. Um, if I could kind of go back just a little bit. So I'm thinking about, you know, the other piece you said here around looking at your, you know, thinking about when you're working with a client and you want to offer them a resource or, or a friend or a colleague is asking, do you know about a book about so-and-so? And they're reaching out to you because it's something that they, you know, they know that you specialize in or that you're known for, or that they, you know, refer clients to you for like some sort of experience topic. Um, And if you're, if you're finding yourself saying, you know, I don't, I wish there was like, there's Mm -hmm. this and this, but it doesn't really cover this. And really asking yourself like, what, what, what could I bring, you know, to the space of this arena and this topic? And I, I know, gosh, I know that so much, um, maybe feelings of like imposter or what, what, what could I really offer? Or have I done enough training? Do I have enough specialization in this? Like really what, what can I bring to this? Right. Well, and, and I think that just really being able to pause and ask and, and really honor the fact that like y- there, your voice matters, right? Like whether it's, whether it's the way in which you interweave your expertise with your personal story or, um, the way that you can draw somebody in, the way that you can inject humor, like the way in which you can um, talk about this one really specific piece of this bigger experience and how valuable that could be to someone who's looking for a book just like that, that you haven't written yet, right? Um, I don't know. I just, I, I imagine that there's a lot of data that we have ourselves about what what hasn't been written or what we could bring to the table. Um, but just kind of giving ourselves the space to, to brainstorm that. And, and then the piece that you're, you're, you're naming here about the process of publishing and what publishers are actually looking for. I think initially what I originally thought was like, okay, I need to like go and like write the whole book before I can like send this to anyone. Um, but then what I, what I quickly discovered is that actually, no, people just want a sample, right? Like they just mm-hmm. want to, want a sense of, what the idea is. They want a sample of your writing, maybe through a few chapters. They want to know what you want to include in the book, including um, some of these chapters. They want to know, you know, what, what, what work you've done and understanding what the market is, right. And mm-hmm. how you've established yourself in the field and what kind of marketing platforms you already maybe have. Um, but that's, that tends to be it. Uh, a question I have for you, cause I know I've had I've, I've had different folks reach out to me. I've had um, publishers and I've had agents reach out. And so, and, and I know there's also the self-publishing route. Do you have any thoughts or experiences or anything to share in terms of just the different routes of going about, you know, getting published, whether it's self-publishing, whether it's working directly with the publisher, whether it's getting an
1: agent, do you have a, a sense of these different options? Yeah, those are really good options. I mean, I know very little about self-publishing that takes quite a bit of capital. Um, yeah. So if you have um, a, a savings account, <laughs> that, may be, <laughs> that may be your route. I, yeah. I did not at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I really went with a reputable publisher um, who uh you know they develop a contract which is like 17 pages it's it's a legit mm-hmm. uh, experience and you have to go over line by line um about the percentages that you get and they get yeah. and if it's international rights and um ebooks and audiobooks, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's a lot to it but it's all very very important and, and i i enjoyed it it was fun To actually look at a so it's not a bad idea to look at a contract from a publisher like if you have a friend or a Mm -hmm. colleague who has uh, completed one and signed on one that's fun Um, getting an agent um, I don't know much about that yeah Um, that's in my mind that's um, wonderful and also a little bit higher level than than what I do I mean a lot of my colleagues are they write. Uh, Fiction and they do need agents to shop their um, stories uh, around to to different publishers so um, any one of those could work Uh, I would probably just me if you're thinking self help you may want to just do it try it on your own first by by looking at the bottom of the page and publish with us section. And then just, you need to develop a book proposal anyway, so you just, no matter what, even if you have an agent. And actually, I have a, on my desk here, I have a book I'm looking at right now called How to Write a Book Proposal by Jody Reen and Michael Larson. And um, so if you're deciding to write a book proposal, which you have to do no matter what, um, mm-hmm. definitely do your research and get some get some guidance um, either through a colleague or through, um, you know, a, a book like this one. Um, and just uh, really just boots on the ground and just go. I mean, um, just get, get started. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. Just get started, right?
0: Like it's sometimes, and I know for myself that sometimes I just have to push myself to get started. And once I'm in it, then that creative flow is, is much more easy to access. But all of the, sometimes the blocks, the avoidance, the, the negative self-talk, right? It's like, all right, I think these parts of me are probably going to come along for the ride anyway, but like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get going because this thing that I'm working towards is important enough to me. Is something I value enough to move forward just come along like get in the car you're coming along for the journey (laughs) like Mm -hmm. whether it's the self-doubt or the imposter or the fears right Um, or the comparison like all of it it's coming along but like I'm gonna jump in the driver's seat I'm gonna stay in the driver's seat and I'm gonna keep moving forward bringing bringing all of this resistance with me (laughs)
1: exactly screaming (laughs) well you know um it's a you know figure out what your narrative is like, you know, my narrative is I am a successful author. That's I write. It's like literally when you're in third grade, you have to write on the board, uh, uh, you know, 10 or 100 times. I am a successful author. And yeah. um, I, instead of saying I'm an imposter, I, I keep coming back every morning to that those sentences that I tell myself. And um, it kind of pushes the other self-doubt thoughts, uh, kind of aside, they they may come with you, or they may decide to stay home for that day. But um, either way, um, you know, get moving yourself forward, even in small steps, even in 15 minute increments of writing um, is going to, is going to go really far for you.
0: Yeah. So you also have experience with co authoring a book. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: I would love to. Uh, (laughs) My co-author, Julie Kraft, also a graduate of University of San Diego. So Mm -hmm. another shout out. Um, Fantastic. My experience has been fantastic. The bottom line, I I would say, is who do you want to hang out for for 10 years? To hang out with (laughs) for for 10 years? I mean, who do you want to hang with? Who do you like? who do who likes you who do you trust mm-hmm. and um i was lucky enough to work with julie my co-author when she was an mft intern at the hospital i worked at
0: mm-hmm. and
1: she was bright and creative and i just enjoyed working with her for an hour a week in supervision so to me it was like this is a this is positive um i floated the idea with her because it's i had this idea about loss and addiction forever and i really wanted her feedback of what she thought about it i said i said i'm thinking of writing a book and um i'd like to potentially work with you uh don't don't answer now even though most people are pretty excited with that i said just wait, give it a yellow light and, and think about it and come back. And if it's a red light, I'm fine. If it's a green light, that's great. Because um, it's a long-term relationship that we're going to be going into. Mm-hmm. And um, it's requiring extra work, not just the regular 40 hour work. There's like weekends, there's a lot of texting back and forth and communicating yes. and meetings and contract. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that yes. is ec- extra. So um when you decide to work with somebody, it may be your best friend or it may not. It may be a colleague. It may be your supervisor. It may be your supervisee. Um, But to me, my most important piece of advice is the person has to be kind.
0: Hmm. And you've
1: got to you've got to realize you're going to be in it for a long, long time. Hopefully. I mean, that's best case scenario. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we've we've been working at this. Our our book has a 10 year anniversary edition that just came out last week. And so we've been knocking this about for a decade, you know, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a long, long long-term commitment and long-term relationship. That's what you want it to be. Right. And it's gotta be, you know, I have a business partner, the, 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 um, she's an OBGYN and we created a, you know, course together about preparing for postpartum. And yeah, she was a friend and a colleague. And someone I had a ton of respect for someone that I knew that I could spend a lot of time with and Mm -hmm. someone that I felt like we could, you know, we could bring we could bring money into the relationship because it's mm-hmm. it, there there's contracts, there's money, there's shared bank accounts, right? Like mm-hmm. all of these things. And you really want to know that this is someone that you can navigate that kind of that leveling up the relationship in that way, you know. Um, where you can have hard conversations, have you know, mm-hmm. talk about the, the tough stuff, the boundaries, and also just the there are also just so many benefits of having someone in it with you. I mean, I know that I'm someone that like I come up with my best ideas in the context of dialogue and conversation mm-hmm. and like brainstorming along with someone. And that might not be the case for everyone, you know. Um and so really kind of asking yourself, you know, is is there somebody that I I really want to bring along this this journey with and do this with. Um for this project or is this something that I want to claim as my own, you know? And like, that's okay too, but like kind of figuring out what, what's going to be the best model and best fit for you and the bigger vision and the project itself, like what's, Mm -hmm what's going to be, yeah, because if you if you don't experience joy in the process then what are we doing it all for, you know? Um, exactly.
1: And you've got to celebrate the wins. There's going to be little wins and maybe big oh, bigger yes. wins. The, the little wins are, oh, we got a chapter done and the big wins, we signed a contract for a high mm-hmm. um, percentage or what have you, yeah. or a, a fair percentage. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And the other benefit, um, Cassidy, as you can probably guess, is sharing the work. Um, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of work, not only um, the writing, the editing, but the marketing, as you mentioned earlier. And um, it, 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 someone, some people are excellent at marketing and some people would prefer someone else to do the marketing or or, or and same with same with ed- editing or anything else. So having someone that you can tag team off of and just real, you know, work on strengths and weaknesses and, and work together as like one full unit. I think for us that worked really well. Um, but yeah, think about this beforehand before you make commitments. Um, yeah, totally. Someone else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and the mar in the marketing, it's like you know, <laughs> there's like the thing, the product, the thing you're creating, and then that's just the beginning. I mean, you then you got to get that thing. To the people that you're trying to reach, right? And like the way I really view marketing is like building this really intentional bridge between that person you're trying to reach and your business doors, whatever that is, whether it's a book or your private practice or a podcast or a course or a workshop. And it's, it's, it's building that bridge. It's nurturing a community mm-hmm. and an audience, right? To So that they learn to know you and then trust you. And then when there is something that you're offering that speaks to them or that they're needing, there's like no question, right? They're going to cross that bridge. Um, mm-hmm. And the marketing pieces is, is such a huge thing. And what was helpful for me and my colleague, not with the book, but with the course, is that we were, you know, <laughs> we developed a course. She had a baby, you know, when she was in her maternity leave, I really like took on the the reins of the marketing. And so we could kind of keep it going. And we kept having, you know, income come in and we kept selling courses. And then I had a baby (laughs) and she, (laughs) then she took the reins. And, you know, it was really nice to be able to have someone in, in the arena with us, Mm -hmm. with, with me, you know, we, with each other. Um, So that when there were Hard things that happened, or when either of us needed to take a step back, it could keep going, right? Um, but that's that. There's there was so much dialogue and trust that had to go into that, right? Of you know me being able to share with her, you know, I'm feeling like I'm not, well, I'm on maternity leave, I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me to be able to say that to her, so that then she could say to me, "You are on maternity leave right now, and this is a boundary, and I've got this," right? without me needing to feel like, is she, is she feeling like I'm not doing enough? Like just to be able to have these hard conversations, like you Mm -hmm. want it to be someone that you can do that with. Right. Is it's so,
1: so important to be able to do that. That's the kindness piece that that we Mm -hmm. talked about earlier to be able to um, find someone who's kind, because life happens in a 10 year period that we've been working together. um, Julie's had three babies. (laughs) Um, I think she's going to disclose that if you talk to her. Um, So Mm -hmm. so I've moved across the country, you know, I've changed a lot of things myself so we've we've definitely all, both had serious ch- life changes and and to be kind through the process is really everything i mean yeah. um because it, it, definitely life life will happen when you write uh, or you know have your everything i mean just yeah. be kind in the journey
0: yeah okay so I'd love to, I'd love to know since you've been through it, like what is something about the writing publishing process that you weren't expecting or that you wish you knew before you started? Like if you could go back in time and, you know, whisper to yourself, you know, like there's this thing, you're not going to expect it. It's going to be a surprise or let's prepare for this. Or just so you know that this is something that's going to, if you could do that, right? What would you say if you could go back in time?
1: Yeah, well, um, I thought that just producing a wonderful product like a workbook, uh, it would magically sell. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Uh, And um, the reality is, I would have told myself 11 years ago, is that authors do the marketing, do most of the marketing. And you must make peace with marketing, um, you know, to be good at in this next chapter of your life, which is writing a book. I mean, and a lot of people just put their head in the sand. And um, I think be patient with yourself, realize that marketing, like you said earlier, is part of the journey and get good at it, take courses on it um, and really kind of land in it. I, I, my secret is I love marketing. I, even reaching out to you, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and I do, um, I make a habit of doing um about five cold emails um a day. Uh, In other words, I reach out to people, I send emails out. And you're not cold, you're definitely warm, Mm -hmm. uh, but luckily, uh, which is rare, but I don't know everybody that I that I reach out to. And I really I like the the puzzle of it. I like the it's almost like the I like the challenge. Um, So so that is something that everybody's got their own journey in terms of marketing, but you cannot separate publishing for marketing it doesn't yeah. that's not going to work um yeah. so be patient with yourself and realize that it, that this is part of it
0: and what does the world of marketing a book look like these days because i know it's always evolving right um what it looked like maybe 11 years ago is probably looks very different than it does now or maybe it doesn't you know i don't i don't know so i'd love to hear kind of like what is what is the world of marketing like tangibly look like these days when it comes to a book. I mean, obviously you're, you reached out to me to come on the podcast. So, you know, podcast pitching yourself to be a guest on some podcast where, you know, the people who might be interested in your book are actually going to be listening to. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I love this puzzle piece because what I think is so cool about your pitch to me to be on this podcast is my audience is therapists. Mm -hmm. Um, Therapists are going to be recommending your book to potential clients. And we're talking about your book, but we're also talking about something that a therapist might be really also interested in publishing themselves while also letting them know that you have this great book for their potential clients. Like it's, it's such a, I think it's such a cool, a cool puzzle that you pull together, you know? Um, And so I love that, but I'd love to hear kind of what, what does marketing look like these days for a book? Like where, what do you, what do you got to do <laughs> to get this book out there?
1: <laughs> Yay. Uh, well, um, making it enjoyable and putting, sitting down with a cup of coffee is the first piece of the puzzle, mm. lighting a candle and really um, enjoying the process. But for you me, for I, I, um, you're amazing at at uh, social media and that's um, a wonderful starting point. And I totally respect that. In addition to that, one uh, I'll give you like four or five things that we do and yes. I do. Um, one of them is writing for magazines. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, I just wrote for an Australian digital magazine called Psyche.co. Mm-hmm. Um, and my article was entitled How to Know if You're Addicted. And um, this one was great because they reached out to me and say, you know, w- we'd like an article on um, how to know if you're addicted and they pay actually, which is nice. Um, Would you be willing to do that? So the key here is both national and international um, magazines. Uh, If -hmm. you're just kind of starting small and you just want, I'm not ready to go for the whole book thing, I just want to just write like, you know, this one asked for 4,000 words. Some of them asked for 3,000 words, and they either pay per word or they pay Mm -hmm. for the product you know you probably know about that so you know that that is fun and is not as intense as like oh my gosh I'm, it's a whole big thing so so the the magazines get your name out get your name out there and attaches it to the book i also um and and i think and julie has done this also is we do webinars um mm-hmm. I, I just did a one for canada Again, international, okay, here you heard it here first. Uh, so um, think about your international audience and think about the folks um, with your particular topic, like let's say postpartum issues, um, what's going on in Canada, what's going on in Australia, what's going on in the UK. I mean, just kind of think outside the box. I, this is what I love doing. And this is what's fun for me. So, um, getting the research about what's for me, what's the addiction population in, you know, Australia, what's going on there. So, so I, I like doing that research and kind of figuring that out. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing is I, along with podcasts, Writing magazine articles, webinars. Um, I, I'm really into um, getting on CEU sites, continuing education mm-hmm. uh, websites. So, my book, our book is on, I think, about 12 or 13 websites. And so, every time you click on addiction counselor CE, for example, dot com, um You uh, can scroll and see my book, get your credit you know buy my book, get the credits um, for your mm-hmm. licensure. Yeah, I love this, okay, so
0: what I'm kind of what I'm gathering from what you're sharing here is really getting to know who that ideal book buyer is, right like right. who it is that you're trying to reach, and doing some work and research after you've lit your candle and had your matcha or your tea or your coffee <laughs> and you're just like all right i'm going to have fun with this right i'm yes. building this bridge i'm going fi- to i'm going to find a way to connect with this person and like really making that person like really clear in your mind of who who you imagine is going to be interested in this book and would 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 get it in their hands and be like oh i've been looking for this thank goodness right and so thinking about who that is and where they're showing up what podcasts are they, are they listening to What Mm -hmm. magazines or digital magazines or websites are they going to? Um, Who are they following on social media? Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of like webinars or workshops or courses are they interested in? What websites are they landing on? Um, What blogs are they reading? And just really like throwing yourself into like their world and where they're showing up right now and exploring the different ways and avenues into entering that world um exactly
1: and i think uh, uh, yeah you you just really summarized it really awesomely i think another thing to think about is um you know your obvious audience um which is like people in clinics or your pro or therapist but then there's this other, other audience that um is kind of one away from what you maybe originally thought about so for me it was um the prison system. Um, uh, mm-hmm. it, it it's And for you, it might be homeless women's shelters. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you mm-hmm. have to think a little bit larger than just, um, there's a therapist in an office in San Diego, and we want to make sure she gets it. Um, we want to really think larger and wider. Um, and the more, the wider you get, um, the more interesting it gets. Like, okay, well, I'm, we're proud that our books are in the prison system yeah. um, for, for the counselors that are, that are helping people. Apparently there's 80% of prisoners have a drug or alcohol problem, you know, and it, so it's a huge number, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but on the other hand, this, this workbook may help a little bit um, for the counselors that are working in this, in that system.
0: Mm. I love that. I love the expansion of that and the zooming out. I think that it's so it's so beautiful to be able to like zoom in, like who is this one person, and then to zoom out, right? Like mm-hmm. this sort of like back and forth of being able to do that to really create a robust marketing plan. Okay, last question here um, before we wrap up. For you as a clinician, for the clinician who's listening to what what are the like if you really look at like your life, we've talked to you about joy. We've talked here about like meaning. We've talked here about all these things. At the end of the day, Dr. Williams, like writing a book, what has been the benefit in your life for you as a human being? Um, What has been the
1: benefit for you? What a nice question to end on. And thank you. Um, uh, You know, because being a psychologist is cool, but and I I would like to leave a little tiny legacy of mm-hmm. um, a little kind of pod of something that can keep going, moving on from me. If, if I, you know, leave psychology or do something else or, you know, whatever happens, I'd like to have a little bit of something out there. So that's what's kind of cool for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I do like the fact that some of the counseling programs are using our workbook. So other master's level students are actually activating into mindfulness and addiction recovery. So that's kind of nice for me as a clinician. Um, I, I, you know, I, Julie and I don't know how far and where the book goes. um, But as a clinician, I do feel proud that it's definitely, uh, it's got legs as my husband says, (laughs) uh, which which is nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you know, There's challenges too, of course, and um, I think a lot of your listeners are like you. They they may have a lot of um, a lot of balls in the air, and so finding time to write, to rewrite, um, to market, and you have to keep in mind that that takes time away from other things. So, for example, I was writing every Sunday from one to five p.m. for six months straight, and so I would just close my door. So that's my Sunday afternoon, pretty much up in smoke in a way um, for a, quite a long time. So I made that decision and I'm really proud and happy about that decision, but that's, a, a, like you said earlier, what, what are you gonna give up in order to, um, to commit to this craft?
0: Yeah, that's so okay. A couple things here that I just wanted to, to name that you mentioned. So, the first, the piece of like, if you're going to add this to your life, writing a book, you got to make space for it in your life. And so, that means actually really getting serious about looking at your calendar and carving out when is this going to happen, right? It cannot be between clients and like during lunch breaks and like <laughs> just after, you know, it's, it's got to be, it has to be dedicated time, boundary time. And it's got to make sense for you now in your life. Things are going to have to move. There's a commitment to this, right? Um, you got to ask yourself: If I'm saying yes to really setting aside this time for this project, what am I saying? What am I saying no to? And am I okay with that right now? You know, um, to really kind of see if it feels like an aligned time to do this for yourself. And then this piece of legacy. I um, uh, the last couple of years. Um, Developed a product. It was a card deck um, uh, for emotions, developing a relationship with your emotions, a card deck that kind of really helps you do that. And one of the things that is so meaningful about that product and project for me was it was really cool to have something I could hold in my hand that represented, you know, some of my work and my approach and all of that. But it was so cool to hand it to my child, Um, my Mm. oldest, who's 10, um, Mm. and she like she has it in her room and she thinks it's like so cool. And, you know, it's part of my legacy that there is something that, you know, she's not in the room. She doesn't doesn't know what I do behind closed doors with my clients, but she has this card deck, right? That like, you know, years from now, she could stumble upon and look back on and kind of see how her mom talked about certain things. And, um, it could spark conversation. It could spark nostalgia. It could give her a little peek into the window of me and my brain. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel the same way about my podcast, um, things that I've written does, you know, a lot of those things, I, I really do think about it as legacy building. Um, not just for, the world and the communities and the folks I'm trying to touch, but also for the people that matter most to me, you know, um, leaving a piece of myself in the world in those ways. And so I I just, I think it's so meaningful that you named that here. And I think that there's so many different ways in which we can be um, leaving that mark and making an impact and building that legacy. Um, It doesn't just have to be writing a book, but a book can be a
1: beautiful part of that,
0: part of that process for ourselves.
1: Absolutely. Well said. And th- that card deck sounds really cool, actually. So good, good for you. On that. do you have other projects in the works for um, writing? You know, I, I I.
0: It's funny that you're. We're talking about this. I have. I did have an agent reach out, and she's been, you know, she keeps checking in on me, following up. Like her and I had a call. We had a conversation about some different ideas. Um, she shared some different ideas just based off of old work that I've done that she saw really resonated with folks. So, you know, there there might be a book in the future. Um, but Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the card deck was so fun. And the card deck was it was. Writing. It was an, uh, like I did a lot of writing for the card deck. And so it was kind of this nice little exposure to that world. And I really did enjoy it. And I enjoyed the process of the back and forth of working with the team um, that I published, that I created this project with. And so, yeah, we'll see. But Dr. Williams, it was so fun to reconnect with you. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you and the work you're doing um, if, after listening, they want to stay connected?
1: Yes. Well, Cassidy, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been such a pleasure and I'm so happy you're doing well. It's really awesome uh, to see after, I don't know, 15 years. Yeah, (laughs) I wasn't going to say the number, but I'm going to say it. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, That, that we, that you're doing so well and that we're able to touch base like this. It's really beautiful. Um, People can find me at mindfulnessworkbook.com. Hey, and that's another little tip. If you have a book title, um, and you, you feel confident in your book title, I would recommend buying the domain name. Yeah. Buy the Um, domain name,
0: domain name, trademark it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's, you know, we could talk more another hour about all these other Mm -hmm. tips and tricks. Um, but anyway, mindfulnessworkbook.com is where you can find me. Um, and at the bottom, you can scroll down if you want to get in in contact with me. And I I think you'll probably tag my books on, on this, but it's mindfulnessworkbook.com. Um, uh, for addiction just came out last week a second edition um, also a 10th anniversary edition and it's updated and very cool Um, so yeah that's
0: it awesome yep I'll include links to all this in the show notes for the listeners Dr. Williams Rebecca thank you so much for coming on it was so fun it was so fun it's I feel so nostalgic (laughs) having this conversation after all these years with you so thank you for reaching out and making this happen Thank you. You've been listening to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. Are you ready to take the next step in starting or growing or pivoting your modern private practice? Go check out that link in the show notes. The Crafted Practice and the Established Therapist Toolkit are my two e-courses for therapists. They're self-paced and they cover all the things that I wish I learned in grad school but definitely was not covered. Everything from modern marketing to diversifying your income and all the Startup 101 stuff that you actually do need to know when establishing your own business as a therapist and entrepreneur. I walk you through step-by-step step through video lessons, and you also get to join our private Facebook community. If you want to be the first to know when future episodes air, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And the best way to support the podcast is to leave a review. All right, fellow Therapist, I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.